if anyone wants to start a business, you know, you just got to be absolutely 100% committed to putting every working hour of the day, every day, into the business. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, the number one ranked entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and those aspiring to be so. The aim of this show is to showcase the world's most inspiring and interesting people who've decided to screw it, just do it. We offer 20% inspiration and 80% education, giving you the tools and advice to start, grow, and scale a successful business. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, podcast agency owner with a number one podcast and startup advisor to global startup generator and early stage VC, Antler. Each week, I release two episodes, a Q&A every Wednesday with one of the world's most inspiring figures, plus a solo episode every Saturday where I cover the challenges that all of us are facing as entrepreneurs. Welcome to episode 250 of Screw It, Just Do It with me, Alex Chisnell, and my guest this week, Oliver Cookson, entrepreneur who established the sports nutrition business, MyProtein, which he sold in 2011 for £58 million to the Huck Group. He was named in the Sunday Times Rich List in 2019, having a recorded net worth of £306 million, now lives in Monaco, and it was my pleasure to get Oliver as our special guest to celebrate episode 250. Can you believe it? Well, I can't. Uh, Who's been with me for the whole journey? Who's been with us since May 2017? Let me know. Uh, Comment in the review section. Scroll down on the platform you're listening to this now. Let me know. Um, DM me on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. Let me know. I would love to know. Uh, I also love to know, look, let me know what podcast did you come into this journey on? What was the episode that you were first introduced to screw it, just do it? That's probably even more pertinent question because, because you've, everyone who listens to the show now has come in at a different point in the journey. And I know the big ones that we had. So uh, we literally last week celebrated uh, a year since we had our first number one, which was Julian Hearn from Huel. Uh, that was June 2019, first number one, which was uh, number one UK entrepreneurship podcast. We then went and had a whole load more from James Haskell, uh, you know, former England rugby player, through to a whole bunch of other guests and in many different countries, literally from the UK to Uganda. And I love it when we got a number one in Uganda because I literally then could say from the UK to Uganda, because saying from the UK to Kenya, didn't sound as right. But the UK to Uganda, that just sounded right to me. So look, this has been one hell of a journey. Um, I had two listeners in the first week that I launched this podcast originally. Uh, Did I ever think we'd get to 250 episodes? Of course not. Not in a million years. There was never a plan to get to 250 episodes. There was no bigger plan other than uh, launching a podcast. Those of you who know the story, it was how I built this with NPE f- hosted by Guy Raz. That was my inspiration. That was a podcast that I used to literally switch my phone onto on a Monday morning, waiting for the next episode to drop. That was what I was really interested in. I used to listen to it on my commute into work, into Bournemouth from Poole, uh, driving in my car, then I'd park the car and walk another 20 minutes and I would listen to it then. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I thought I could do something not better necessarily, but something similar in my niche that I think could be better if that makes any sense whatsoever. (laughs) So for me, when I listened to that podcast, it was just all about billionaires or multi-millionaires who'd been successful, but it had been a very long time ago. Some of them had exited their business 20, 30 years ago. And whilst some lessons are universal, uh, some 
aren't as relevant anymore. So much has changed in the last 20, 30 years. There wasn't the internet. There wasn't an online industry. Um, social media wasn't around. Mobile phones, smartphones weren't around. So not all of the lessons were relevant and a lot of them weren't in, hadn't been in business for a long time. So I wanted something a bit more relevant from people who were in the trenches, who'd been there, done it, got the t-shirt. So I had the Richard Reeds. I had the Ray Kelvins. I had the Holly Tuckers. I had these really interesting interviews. And then we had some super cool, um, exciting startup scale-up businesses, the likes of um, Julian Hearn from Huel, um, some exciting, interesting people like the James Haskells of this world. So, um, and Piers Linney that I had yesterday, people like that, that um, really interested in, in hearing from because they've done a lot in their lives. So, Getting Oliver Cookson on, founder of My Protein, um, was amazing. Was great, um, and he's now also, as well as a successful entrepreneur uh, from Manchester, worth over three hundred million, and who founded My Protein. He's also a podcast host. He's got his podcast, which you can check out. It's a really good podcast as well. Um, how to bootstrap your life. We're going to be talking more about that in this podcast. I know you're going to enjoy this. He literally launched My Protein in 2004 with a 500 pound overdraft and later sold it to the Huck Group for 58 million in a cash and shares deal. So, um, incredible success. And we cover lots of interesting topics during the course of our chat uh, about positive mindset and commitment being the key to succeeding about the first step being the most crucial part of the journey. We agreed that you need to screw it, just do it. And that hard work definitely pays off and that the best investment is in your body and in your health. Now, without further ado, it's a long intro, I know, but this is episode 250. So please forgive me my indulgence. I wanted to cut, touch a couple of points over the last three and a half years. And if you've been with me on this journey, uh, I hope you've enjoyed that as well. So um, without further ado, screw it, just do it. Oliver Cookson. Whereabouts are you in, uh, in the country, by the way? I'm in Monaco, so I live in Monaco, so I'm, uh, ah. it's, yeah, it's, it's a little bit warm over here. I believe it's warm in England today as well, so. Oh, literally the hottest day of the year, um, I just read, I was, um, I, I live down in Poole in Dorset, so I've been, oh, um, very nice. been in the sea at 7am this morning with a couple of mates <laughs> down at Sandbank. Oh, wow. <laughs> That sounds uh, energetic. That's something I've always wanted to do, but I've never been able to get out of bed to do it, to be fair. But I'll, uh, it's, uh, I've, got a, I've got a swimming pool downstairs here, so I should use that really. But it's on yeah, the list. It's on the list. Well, it was. I always thought I'd never become one of those um, mad people who do that, but um, we literally started three weeks ago, um, a couple of the boys, and um, really enjoyed it, actually. It's nice. Yeah. No, I think it's... it's an amazing way to start the day. An amazing way to start the day. It is. Yeah. And how's your, um, how, how are you going with the podcast? Are you enjoying it? Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. It's definitely, um, it's definitely a good process. Something enjoyable. It's, um, yeah, it's something, it's, 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 it has been enjoyable. It's, it's a little bit of a drain on time, but it's worth, I think it should, I think it should be worth it in the end. It is, um, uh, it is a, a time suck, but it's it, it's nice seeing something out there, isn't it? That you can actually, you know, that you can see it. It's physical. People can listen. I to I love it. making things. Yeah, that's you know, that's what that's one of the things that makes me tick, to be honest. So, you know, it's it's great to, and it's uh, I love making things, seeing them, seeing them grow, hopefully. And then, um, but on the flip side, it's also the uh, you know, it's the benefit really that because I get so many people asking me to do mentorship and help this help that and it's just it's impossible to help every single person so this is a good way to try and help a lot of ones really i've listened to that in one of your, one of your episodes when you said um and, and i imagine you do get loads and loads of people asking for mentorship and you just think yeah there's just no way to do it otherwise no you know it's not yeah. fair <laughs> it's unfair to try and select you know 
a few. Obviously, we make investments into things, and obviously that comes with naturally. But it's um, mm. but yeah. So I was just going with the one to many relationship from a it's like an old database methodology. Yeah. So that's why. <laughs> no, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so Oliver, you started my protein with with five hundred pounds overdraft. I've, I've read, and when I've been working with Virgin Startup the last four or five years, um, we were trying to highlight businesses that did start with £500. And other than Al Barrett from Grenade and Nick Coleman from Snapple and Pig, I think we really struggled to, to find any, but but you did it. Do you think you could still do it with £500 in, in today's climate? So, so, yeah, look, it's one of the key questions you asked. And if it depends on what space is, absolutely for sure you can do it. In a, in a market which is right for that. However, if you said to me today, could I do my protein with 500 pounds? And it'd be absolutely no. no. Because market saturation is very mature. And even with a big budget, it's hard to get into that space. However, there is, I wouldn't want to say you can't bootstrap or start with a limited um, budget for any business in, in a different space. I'm absolutely convinced. In fact, I even mentioned that on one of the podcasts. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I have no doubt for sure there will be uh, you'd be able to start a business in some space with five hundred pounds or on the budget. And you know, like those businesses that, that started literally from a kitchen table. Um, you, your example, I guess, was starting from a from a lock up garage, was it? Yes, it's yeah. So basically, it was like a self service unit. We have to call it a lock up garage, I think, because in America, the a lock up is, is basically a sent to jail. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so they changed it to lock up garage so we knew what, what we meant. Um, but the but yeah, it's effectively a um, a unit where it was, I think it was 12, 12, no, 24 feet by 24 or 12 feet by 12 feet. It was, it was tiny anyway. It's mm. effectively you pay one price, I think it was 200 pounds a month, and it included all your rates, your electricity, blah, blah, blah. So that's where we started. Yeah, it was effectively a stainless steel table. Picture this in a, in a box room with a window at the end. And you had stacks of proteins on the on the left wall. And you had the drums of the amino acids on the right, and the stainless steel table, which was a standard stainless steel casing table under the window. So that's where I packed everything, and the boxes went behind me. Hmm. Wow! And and interested to know, and I'm sure our audience as well. It's, it's like a common question: how, how did you actually get your first customers? Then you know, starting with five hundred pounds from from the garage. Um, yeah. What were your tactics? So the. I was, I didn't have any business experience. I had some business experience, but I didn't have any um, marketing experience really because I had a couple of businesses before that. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought the best way would word them out. And this was pre Facebook and pre social media because this was 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. So what I did, I was a member of a forum called Muscle Talk, which um, which a guy called James Collier, who's the co-founder of Hugh, actually. He's, uh, so he, he ran that place, he's a really nice guy. And I, I effectively just used them as a, um, an advertiser. So I created a username called MyProtein, and then I said to James, can I start hosting, host, promoting those, and I'll pay you, and call it a sticky post, I think. Right. So, so that's how it started. So I came up with the idea, wrote a post, posted it on Muffle Talk. Um, effectively saying create your own protein formulas using the customizer or buy them direct for half the price of what was available out there and it started from there really. and then everyone that's where the first customers came and then they it, um, they referred people and so on and so forth mm. and Am I right in, in saying that when you did exit then seven years later for, for like 58 million, you, you'd never had investment up to that point? So you just fueled it organically, I guess? And yeah. So it's, yeah, people don't, don't believe me on this. But it's, it's well, not these days, isn't it? It's like a badge of honor to have had investment, whereas you look at bootstrapping, it's not looked in the same light the last, I don't yeah, know, exactly. Right? exactly. And I'm on, a, I'm on a little bit of a mission to try and, try and change that. Good. I believe it's definitely, the, I think it's definitely the right way to go for the, for the business owner. Because, mm. you know, you don't know. But yeah, the, um, going back to the original question. So yeah, I, I actually, it was no, found about overdraft. So that's why it was 500 pounds. That was the maximum overdraft I could get. I actually right. asked, went to HSBC and asked for a 10,000 pound loan. Um, but they said no. So I, so then, um, so I bought, I went to NatWest, which is another bank health with. And they said no to the loan as well. But there were a lot more but they said, look, we can give you a 500 pound overdraft. So I took that 500 pound overdraft 
and then bought my initial stock and sold it. But from after, I think it was two weeks of payback, that found had overdraft, and we were profitable all the way through to the end. I didn't sell. We had no, not one penny of loan came into the business. I maintained 100% equity the day I sold it. Um, so yeah, it was fully bootstrapped. Yeah, and still on the board now as a, as a non-executive director. Um, what, what, what's your relationship? The, the amount of people I've spoken to, you know, um, episode 250, you know, look at it as, um, you know, favorite child. Um, what's your kind of relationship and how, how do you look at it now, like in the, in the kind of rear view? As, as what, sorry? Before, so you broke yeah, off how, 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 do you, how do you view my protein now from your, your position? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. look, these, yeah, it's my that's my first child, basically. That's yeah. There's, there's no other way of describing it. That was my uh, my first child, and that's how I still look at it. And you know, it's, it's you know, I'm proud to see the business really, you know, grow massively since since I exited the business. As I knew, I always would. I always knew it'd be the number one sports nutrition brand in the world, mm. um, and you know, that's where it's where it's got to. And, and was it literally the, the right decision at the, at the right time? Because um, I'd assume like if somebody like the Hype Group had made you an offer, there's going to be other people who've made you other offers as well at the time. Yeah. yeah. Look, obviously the Hype Group were a lot, a lot smaller then. This is mm. you know, 2011. You know, my person was more profitable than the Hope Group in 2011. I mean, we, we were making over 5 million pounds a week. They were making um, so forgive minus one. Um, so, so yeah, they were a lot. We were a lot bigger than them, really, in the on the grand scheme of things. So the I went with the hook for a variety of reasons. But we, when I I um I went for a full sales process for my protein, and we had seventeen private equity bids. We had um, we had two huge uh, conglomerates that bid. I don't think I can say the names. We had one of the biggest soft drinks manufacturers in the world of brands and one of the biggest food conglomerates. So you probably guess. Mm. Um, so they put bids in, um, which were really attractive bids as well. And I had a couple of private offers as well from private family offices, but they weren't really that attractive to me at the time. But yeah, I went with the hook. Wow. Amazing, amazing. Um, and you mentioned before, you know, that uh, it, it's almost... I don't know, people now look at it as a badge of honour that they've, they, they've got investment. If they're a startup, like they haven't actually, you know, made a pound yet. But for, for you, I believe you, you're profitable from, from week one. Is that right? It was. It was week one, yeah. Hmm. Luckily, there was no overheads because it was just me and I wasn't, I wasn't putting myself on the payroll at that stage because I had a full-time job as well. Hmm. So it's something I just did before and after work. Um, so there's no cost. The only cost was the rent of the, 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 the unit or the... The lock, if you like. Um, yeah. That was the only real overheads hard cuts. So yeah, it was profitable after week one. We were, every single there wasn't one day since the launch that we didn't get an order, and it wasn't a day before that we didn't get one. We didn't get more than the day before. Hmm. Um, literally from from day one until I sold it and, and onwards, every single day was always more than the next last. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you, have you ever listened to um, talking podcasts that like we were offline earlier? Have you ever listened to um, a guy called Andy Frizzella who owns First Form in the States? I've not, but I will add it to my list. Yeah, yeah really, really, really interesting. You know, and he's 10 years, I think, since they started First Form. Um, they, and this week they just moved into this, you know, like ridiculous facility that lo- looks like an, an NFL American football team would be training there. You know, it's more like, a, as he says himself, I listen to the episode today, it's more like a, you know, a sport, sports facility than a nutrition company. Um, oh, right. And, you know, and he was saying, you know, w- week one when they started, I think, again, like 2009, 2010, who said, you know, we made, uh, you know, two sales on day one, zero sales on day three. $36 on day three, but just, and again, it's now like, I, th- I think he says, you know, $300 million company and d- uh-huh. doing, doing incredibly well, but it's, um, uh, I have to have a look at those guys. I'm, I'm not yeah. really, I've not got my finger on the pulse in this sports nutrition space anymore, which I should have, but obviously back then I did. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's such a crowded market to get into now. You really do need to have a strong USP or a real mm. differentiator, a differentiator in your brand in some way. 
There's a yeah. couple of brands in America that are shaking up a little, but I'll have a look at first one. Maybe yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link to his um, podcast. It's a, it's a good one. Um, and I also read, um, and, and, you know, has this changed over the years, but um, you, you didn't have a mentor when you started. And, you know, again, I've kind of gone through four iterations of different businesses and being an entrepreneur, it can be or is, you know, lonely. Um, has, has that always been the case for you? You know, you didn't have a mentor and, you know, have you felt Yeah, like that? I, I didn't. I didn't. And all the way through, I didn't have a mentor. So there was one point when I was speaking to, to some guy um, who was going to be a chairman. He had grey hair and he'd been through the, been through the business mill, if you like. So he, he was in a coin out value. But the, it fell down on the point that he wanted too much equity. He wanted lots mm. of... Christmas equity in the corner. So if for nothing, I wanted to really do sweat equity. So you yeah. you're in you're in the equity, but he wasn't really down with that. And I'm glad I'm glad with hindsight it's, it's definitely the right thing anyway, because yeah. I would have given away too much. Um so yeah, no, I didn't my, my parents are not from business, my friends weren't into business in the, in that uh, in that time. So there was there was literally no one I could lean on in terms of getting advice or just bouncing ideas. So it was a very lonely place back when I started MP, mm. and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast. Because um, for anyone out there who's in a similar sort of situation, uh, you know, I think you can hopefully bounce, hopefully I can give you some some lessons and tips so you don't have to do the mistakes I made. Um, yeah, it's you know it is a lonely place, but it is a very rewarding process. Isn't it? well so it's just stay stay there stay focused and you will have those down down days when you're banging your head against a brick wall but we just have to, you've got to hang in there even if it's by seat your pants sometimes yeah and it, do you, when, you, when you do have those moments um you know personally yourself what do you do to kind of reset are you, are you one of these people that would you know walk away go for runs and put a bike red or, or is it more like you might play some music to, to take you to a different mindset yeah it's I'm, I'm not one to walk away. Unfortunately, I'll, I'll have to get it, have to get it done. And <laughs> that's probably probably something I need to improve. But I do. Um, I try and jump onto a different task, and then set. I've actually I'll give myself say thirty minutes. I set a time of thirty minutes and do the other tasks. And typically, by before I get the time goes off, I'm, my mindset's changed in a different place. So when the time goes off, and I jump back on the original task, it seems a bit clearer. Um, so sometimes it's just really it's, you know not seeing the woods from the trees um, yeah. sometimes it's just distracting your mind to be able to create some bandwidth so you can so you can see the wood for the trees and that's it works for me a little technique mm. um, and you, you mentioned your podcast Bootstrap uh, Your Life which is which is your show I think you're half a dozen episodes in um, at my last count of, of time of recording this um, yes. It took, first of all, the name. Where did you get the name from? How old, or how long did it? I can see where you got the name from, but how long did it take you to come up with that? Was that an instant thing? So the yeah, so we're six episodes in. They're only short episodes, ten to fifteen minutes long, so not as long as yours. So not taking much time. But I've, I've recorded eight. I think I've got to do some more tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, so boost up your life. It came. Well, it, it really. I don't know. It came organically when I was writing the book. Actually, that's what the book's going to be called. Um, so, so just thought, might as well just continue that brand through to the podcast as well. The, uh-huh. I guess, obviously, one of, one of the things I'm most proud of in, in my protein story is that it was bootstrapped. It's not something that I was proud of at the time because I didn't really understand it. It just sort of happened. But the well, on reflection, it's something I'm proud of. So mm. I wanted to use that word because it's not a very common word. I want to try and coin it a bit more. And then the book is more... All right, it's not just about the story of from 1979 when I was born to 2011 when I exited. That's the the parameters. However, there's a lot of, it goes into mindset and a lot of techniques around how to improve your life in a way. Um, So so it's not just an autobiography. It does try and, I think some of the the mindset techniques that I use and the the, the way of of solving certain problems could help in other ways of life. It helps me, so it might help with others. And that's... That's what um, that's what people who've read the book so far have said as well. And do you think? Because again, I'm. It's interesting. I've, I've never, I think, even thought about 
mindset up until the last couple of years um and now i you know start my days very very differently i finish my days very very differently and you know my interests are you know expanded and and and, and very different and those who listen to the show um you know know, know what they are um but do yeah. you think you can you can be successful without a positive mindset without the correct mindset do you think there's examples out there of people who've done it without that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say it couldn't be successful. However, I think it disadvantaged hugely. Yeah. Or I prefer to look at it the other way. You are, you've got a huge advantage, an unfair advantage, in fact, if you've got that strong mindset. Mm. Um, my mindset didn't come from, from training it. Just, it came from my childhood, um, I believe. And that's something I can go into in the book. But I believe there's a lot of things that happened in my childhood. I'm not going to file out here. There's a lot of things that happened in my childhood. I had an amazing, loving childhood. There's no, there's no, there's no stop story here. But it's things that happened in my childhood which, which instilled certain things into me which then were a benefit and a transferable skill into the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so for one, one example, the, the big one is I'm an, I'm an only child and um, from a one-parent family, so it was just my mum that brought me up really from, from eight or nine, I think it was. So I saw how hard she had to work to to actually to get anything. So it really showed me that you, know, you have to go out there and get you know, earn your coin as it were. And then it was also the fact that, that I then wanted to have more than what I had. You know, I saw people with the best game consoles and different trainers and all these sort of things. I, we couldn't afford to have all the best things. I had everything I needed, don't, don't get me wrong, but I couldn't afford to get the best, but I said, I want to have that, so I'm going to make sure that I can do that in the future. So it really gave me that drive and resilience back in an early day, and it also taught me how to stand on my own two feet, and that's one of the reasons why I've been able to bootstrap, because I didn't need anyone else, and I don't need anyone else to do anything in in business, really. It's funny, isn't it, because when you look back again, and look, my parents split up when I was around 11, 12, you know, just going into high school. When you, when you kind of yeah. look back at some, some of the behaviors that, you know, you developed and, and some of the paths you, you could have gone down in life and you've seen, you know, how some of your friends have, you know, ended up from that time and, and maybe you don't realize it when you're that age, but it's, I think it's only now when I look back that I realized again, like my mother like worked her ass off for, for, for my brother and I to make sure that again, you didn't come from a particularly, you know, hard background, but at the time, you know, she, she obviously made sure that, you know, again, we didn't have the, the best trainers or the, or the game consoles, but, you know, we always had, you know, a nice holiday that was kind of things, even if she'd saved up like the, the yeah. back of a personal automatic packets, you know, we're going to Cornwall <laughs> or whatever it was. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? When you look, when you look back like that and it, it you know, Absolutely. that hard work ethic that you've clearly got from your mum as well. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's the, I think that's the root of it all, really. That's the that's the key cornerstone to success is you know, hard work and mm. you, know, you don't get nothing from life for doing nothing. <laughs> you've got to you've got to go out there and, and earn it in one way or another. Um, and if anyone has that mindset that they can, then you've already, you've already failed. Um, yeah. So you know that's that's you know I'm in a much more privileged position now, but I'm I'm under no doubt if I want to if I need to be successful and I you know I've got to still roll the sleeves up. Yeah. And do you see, again, like we mentioned before, you, you probably get you know, a ridiculous number of people approaching you for advice and, and mentorship. And I don't know how connected you are with the, with the startup community, but do you see, um, you know, a lot of young entrepreneurs making, you know, the same kind of mistakes that you kind of look back on and you go, yeah, okay, been there, done that, recognized that, moved on from that. Yeah. I think without sounding, um, well, so I can know it all, but yeah, sure. I think there's some patterns that are very consistent with with startups or young entrepreneurs, for sure. And it's you know they do resonate with me when people, I do get I do get hundreds of e- emails or messages um, a week, really. But that people reaching out or or, or investing or needs to invest in some way. Mm. And I do I do see lots of the patterns, but. Unfortunately, it's impossible for me to do, well, not impossible, but it'd be very, very time restricted for me to reply to everyone and give everyone that sort of help. And, then, and you can't really answer it in one email. It has to be a follow-on email or consistent yeah. tutoring or mentoring. That's why that's one of the reasons why I do the podcast, because it's a, a one-to-many relationship. So I do, uh, someone can ask me a question and I can answer it. And typically that question will be seen to know, will be wanted to know by many people. So, so therefore, I can answer it once and it's relayed 
sort of 100 people or however many people listen to the podcast, then it's 100 times more efficient. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I liked um, when I saw on, on LinkedIn, which is where I saw that you'd, you'd released your podcast and I saw the format and I thought, oh, that, that's interesting. And, um, you know, the, the trend in, in podcasts generally is that, you know, episode length is coming down, but it's like, I okay. think the average podcast was like 33 minutes, I think, last year. And then the year before it was, you know, a minute longer. Um, and I thought with yours, I, I like that, that somebody, you know, if they're, I don't know, commuting, taking a dog for a walk, whatever it might be, they can get that kind of bite-sized piece of advice. And again, the format's different, like people are asking you a question. And again, given your story and, you know, has amazing stories and how many people probably know that, that a lot of those questions are going to be similar, as, as you mentioned. Now, did you, did you spend a lot of thought on coming up with that format, Oliver, or was it, was yeah. it changing well, quite quickly? Yeah, that's one of my strengths, I guess, Alex, is he... In, I can look at a, a market, as podcasters know, a market, and I can, I can sort of see the, the niches and uh, sort of you give me a sort of a USP or an SSP, a strong selling point, as I call it, yeah. within the space. Because you've got to, for me, it's got to try and stand out in the crowd. Look, I love the, like this is what we're doing now, interview, uh, interview read podcasts, and I listen to them a lot. I listen to many successful or interesting or Lots of different people on, on these, and I love love them. But I just felt that there's an opportunity, a space, really, why I could do something a bit different. And I think it'll work well together. There's, there's times when I want to listen to a two-hour, one-hour podcast, but then there's times when I want to just flip in, get right into the, into another bit. And that by by breaking it down into that grander format, where it's 10, 15 minutes long, and the, the title is what the podcast is. You know, how did you, how do you, what's your best tips for investment in the business, for example, which was one last week, mm. then. You can quickly just dive in there and press the button, and it's, it's sort of it's felt out. It, it, it sounded sensible to me, and if that's the way, that's my yardstick really. If I feel it, it feels good, then then I'll um, I feel I'm quite objective. So um, typically that'll be enough for me to do it at all. Yeah. It seems good so far. It seems we've got decent feedback, and people like the format. So nice. Yeah, you can see you get you know a lot of um, engagement, a lot of interaction on on social and on LinkedIn as well. Mm. I don't know how active you are on on the other platforms as well but that's where I you know primarily yeah I don't really use any of the platforms for sure no. that's it I'm just saying I'm going to set up a, an Instagram account um, at some point soon and try and do something a little bit different on there as well and not be the yeah we're trying um, to do something a bit different but yeah that's a it's obviously a different audience so obviously LinkedIn is very professional and it's that side but in terms of Instagram I think it's a, a different audience which will I think would benefit from the podcast in terms of it's more of a hustler type audience mm. and I think there's quite a few good tips for that for that crowd who maybe get into the hustle <laughs> Yeah, you know, I only started Instagram last year and um, it's funny now, I used to get like 100% um, uh, like engagement questions back from LinkedIn and like, you know, hardly anything from from Facebook or, or, or Twitter. But since I started on Instagram um, and I found, again, maybe it's because of, like, you know, when I started up with Virgin Startup, a lot of the, the guys I work with from there, but it's a very young audience that, that listens to my show, like when I actually looked at the demographic from Spotify, it was like 18, 78.8% were aged 18 to 29. And that completely, oh, wow. completely and utterly surprised me. So it probably shouldn't surprise me when I've gone onto LinkedIn and started getting, you know, quite a lot of people connecting with me on there as well. So I, I think you probably do really well on there, to be honest. Yeah, I think your, your, your demographic is similar to mine in terms of, it's people and typically well, people start business from the 40 or 50 but typically they might be in the, in the 20s and mm. um, you know obviously screw just do, just do it is you know it's taking that first step isn't it and then I guess my story resonates with that and people want to know how I bootstrapped in the early days so yeah I think it's the same market so yeah I, I believe so I think it's the right space for me to be on yeah and where do you ultimately want to want to want to take the podcast? Are you looking at it as a, as a series, a week, you know, or, or a weekly show? And what's the kind of ultimate goal for it? Do you have one? Yeah, I don't. If I'm completely honest. I, I don't. I have. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weekly show. I have some ideas how to develop it and, and improve it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the I think the first first step for me was just trying to get some validation that it was something that people wanted to hear and yeah. wanted to listen to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's really just just go with flow really and see where we are. Look, if if, if people are if, if I'm only going to have like ten subscribers in, in six to twelve months, then you know, maybe I'll wind it down. 
but yeah. at least I tried to try it and give it a go. But it's, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And it's great to hear the feedback from people who who's helped. Mm, that's that's the best bit for sure. I think is, is when you get the feedback. That, that engagement is, is everything, isn't it? It is, it is. Um, and what you've always, if you've already recorded eight episodes, you've, you've gone past that. The classic is that, um, and I don't know what the percentage is, but, but you know, most people don't get past episode seven. They give up before they get to episode Oh, really? Seven. <laughs> That's like the magic number, That's seven. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I've got, I'm, I've been doing batches of, people doing their batches of two at the moment. But yeah, but I want to keep it quite, Current to the current. So if you're doing more than that, then obviously it's per one per week. Then I, I want to keep within the current affairs of the obviously with COVID and whatnot. Then mm. it's, in, it's important to have the landscape right well when I record. Yeah, and and just to dive into that question with like the pandemic lockdown. Um, any sounds like you take some positives from that sounding by your mindset. Have you? Like positives from the from the last what is it now? Crikey, recording this coming up to yeah. maybe twelve weeks now or something. Crazy. Yeah, it's three months. Yeah. So what? Gen- generally positive from lockdown. Um. So look, I'm I'm a positive guy, but I'm not I'm not just going to be positive for positive sake as well. Mm. Obviously, it's, yes, it's not a great situation, but you've got to make the best of it. You can either cry about it or you can you can laugh about it. And I'd always laugh and cry. So. I think the positive for me really is it's become a period. Look, in this period, I've set up a podcast that really, I've, I've really got, I've, done, I've started the book effectively. Um, so I've done quite a few creative elements that I probably wouldn't have done without, without lockdown. So I think it's really focused my mind in terms of being creative and also I've really reflected on, on what's important to me. And, and mm. you know, these, um, it's, it's really just, just give me absolutely complete clarity on what is important in my life and probably what's less important and I can do without that now. So for me, it's, it has been a positive experience. I know it's been a horrible experience for um, you know, businesses and whatnot, but taking that aside, for me personally, it's, it's probably not something I want to do again, but from the experience where we've been there, it, it's turned out to be a positive experience. Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I think it's... Uh, you know, for me, I've, I've again reflected on um, how I want to live like my life, where I want to live it. You know, do I want to be in an office all the time in town, or do I want to be more at home? Do I want to be nearer the, you know, appreciating where I live more? You know, being in like twenty years, yeah. You know, family spending more time. Yeah, it is, it is for sure. And um, I chatted to CEO of. Um, Again, multi, you know, eight-figure, nine-figure business uh, right at the start of this. And, and what he said to me kind of stuck with me when he said, you know, we, we literally got a blank piece of paper out and gone, just because we've done what we've done for the last 20 years doesn't make it right. If we could start again, what would it look like? What would our marketing look like? What would our HR look like? What would, you know, that's a great way of looking at things, you know, right at the start now, you know. And I think a lot of people have probably looked at it from a similar angle the more time has gone on. I hope so, yeah, because it was a time for change, you know. That was, if there's going to be a catalyst of change, then for the pandemic, probably the one. So, you know, I'm sure there's a few dinosaurs out there that didn't. And yeah, they're probably, probably fallen by the wayside now. But, you know, the guy you're speaking about, or all the people in a similar situation that, you know, looked at it as a catalyst for change, then that's got to be a positive thing. Mm. There's, there's many things that come out of this that are going to be positive. You know, you mentioned the working in office. I think that's it. An absolute big one. I think. Yeah. I think. I think. I think everyone needed to have a, um, a some sort of step change to actually realise that home working can work. You know, mm. something we've sort of tinkered around the edges with, but now, make no mistake, everyone knows that home working works. I do massively believe we still need the office for the dynamics and the vibe. Yeah. I think right. home working should be a real key element of, of the working sphere now. Mm. Yeah, I think it's like a. I like with a lot of things, again, you know, I've been doing a lot of live events the last three, four years and have moved, you know, those online. And we've now done, I looked at it today, 143, I think it is, live webinars in the last, which is nuts. But, you know, I think the future is like a hybrid version. You know, people will still, I think, the majority of people, I think, will crave that human contact and that interaction that you do get, you know, one-on-one. But I do think, you know, those kind of touch points in between to be able to do that online is, is you know, become more to the fore over the last three months. 
Absolutely. It wouldn't have been something that was on the radar. Probably not, if, if it wasn't mm. the pandemic. So, look, the, I think just to be clear, the pandemic's obviously a, a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. And it's not, I wouldn't want to sound like I say it's a positive thing, but I could have gone down and just sat in my, sat in my apartment and just thought, right, the world's going to end, that's it. Or you can get up off your, off your sofa and, and make the best of the situation. That's what, I'm, what I've done. And that's what it feels like some, a lot of people have done as well. So, yeah, there's no... There's no glorifying what's been a horrendous situation where you know, we've lost a lot of chance lives and what businesses have failed. I'm just a believer in making the best of the worst situation sometimes. Yeah, no, agreed. And um, what kind of other things have you, have you done to occupy your time? Because I asked you offline about, um, I really like the, the music for your podcast and I wasn't yeah. expecting the answer you gave me. I thought maybe, maybe <laughs> you could share that with our audience. Yeah, so look, I'm, I make I make dance music, electronic music, house music in... As a passion, as a hobby man, I've done for 20 years. So the, the actual soundtrack for the intro and outro of my podcast is, is one of my forthcoming releases. So, so yeah, and that's when I was saying creative, um, when I said I've been more creative, I've made a lot more music in this last uh, last few months. So I've done the podcast, I've done the book, I've, I've, I'm not finished the book yet, and I've been making a lot more music. So it's really spurned a lot of um, creativity out of me. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's where I, that's that's one thing I've been doing, Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny because I, I I somebody I got interviewed for a podcast the other day, and it was a, a creative podcast, and they they asked me that question, like you know, what, what does creativity mean to you? And I said I actually had to do my homework on this because I didn't think I was creative, and they just like laughed their heads off. And I said, like, when I actually drilled down into it, it's like it's creative, you know, creating a podcast. And now, you know, last year we we started a podcast agency, so we. we help brands everyone from crikey working with a zoo right through to you know like a nail you know the world's biggest nail company you know and it's like wow that's actually being creative and creating you know assets for, for other people works of art for other people so but, but i never thought of it in in that view so that was kind of like a, a mind opener for me nice. sure yeah, nice positive but yeah, yeah. i think creative is creating anything whether it's business or or just being just just looking at nothing and creating something for it so Mm. Yeah, I've been. They're the things I've been creating really in in, in the uh, downtime. Nice, and and I've read that when you were starting my protein, it brought together a, a love of computers and a love of yeah. working out. Um, what what are you passionate about these days? Music's clearly one of them, but but what else? Yeah, so music drought uh, and working out still. So I, I, it? to be honest, yeah, I I was sixteen when I joined the gym. It was a David Lloyd gym in Cheadle, which is a, a in Greater Manchester. I was mm. when I was when I was at that age, I was I left school, I'd one GCSE, I was partying way too much. I was going down the wrong paths with in a social life. And it was just it was just all a bit chaotic. So I left school, I had no job and my mum was thinking of what's going on. Um, but then and I saw an advert in the paper which is the first five hundred members for David Lloyd Cheadle um, could get fifty percent discount on the membership. So I thought I've never been to a gym. I don't really know what a gym is, but I'm going to give it a go. And I did, and it was it was an absolute. It was probably the best investment I've ever made. Hmm. It was the best investment I've ever made. In terms of people say, "What is your best investment?" And I say, "The you next know, thing to say, you know, into the hot or my protein or one of the only investments I've got." But no, the best investment was that membership for David my gym because from there that really gave me a, um, gave me a routine. It gave me taught me discipline. It made me invest in the body, my health, yeah. and give me some confidence in myself. And you know, that was a really strong base then to, to get a better mindset and to, to build from. And it's look, I still I still like to go out on the weekends and everything, but I I was I had I had a focus then. And then it wasn't long after that I got my first job as, as an apprentice as a, as a developer. And I don't think I would have done it unless it was for the membership. Interesting, interesting, and and is that like mainly gym based, or do you, do you do you know take up other sports within? Because I'm a member of the David Lloyd here, funnily enough, with my, with my family, and like it's trying to get. I was brought up on a tennis court, and I was trying to get. It's a way to get my family back into that, and me to like kind of focus on the stuff that you know more of doing more of what I love and less of what I don't like. You know, Absolutely. that was one of the decisions, really. Yeah, look, I'm I'm passionate about free weights. That's my that's my go to. Right. I've been doing it since I was 16, so what's that? That's many years now. <laughs> it's very, very <laughs> years. Um, so yeah, I'm, I don't push as heavy as I used to, uh, but I, you know, I'm still, I'm still pretty strong. Um, and I'm just, I just love that the discipline really. I, yeah. I, I do enjoy other sports, tennis or something, golf. 
Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've got a bunch of sports sites. I love being active. I do like yeah. being active. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I've started uh, since the weather in this country and in the UK has improved. Literally, I think this is going to be week six on a Friday. It's, it's clocking off at like about three o'clock on Fridays and, and again playing golf with a, a couple of good mates of mine. And it's like again, just it's great. clears my head. You know, golf's a great game. I've got, I've got some. Uh, if, if, I wish I could play golf more, but it's due to lifting too heavy weights. When I was younger, I've got my spines, my, my discs aren't as good as they should be anymore. Getting right. older, but yeah, I, I, I try and play golf once once every week once every two weeks um, so I'm playing this Friday as well but yeah it's a great game you can you get, you get you around the fresh air it's, you know, it's good three four hours out um, and you can use that really good chat with one of your good friends mm. just clear the mind does doesn't it yeah it's just that um, as you've alluded to it's that three to four hours and you know, that is, that is a big time commitment you know but it is and it's it's, a hard, it's such a hard game as well you know it's, mm. it's, 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 when you when you when you ping a shot it's a really good shot it's just like wow that's a real natural high and then obviously it's yeah. super frustrating when you do one the most frustrating game yeah. yeah 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 um just last couple of questions, um, Oliver. When sure. you when you when you look back, um, was there a, a point in that my protein journey that, or a series of points, maybe that that you thought this is the vehicle that's going to be able to help me reach all the goals that I initially set out, like when you were twenty four. Yeah, there was. Um, there's, a, there's there's quite a few actually. Right. I didn't, but the, uh, the, the two which stand out, I guess. So, the, so when I when I first started my process, I used Parcel Force, and I got quite pally with the with the, the driver who used to collect. His name was Danny, um, because I used to go in the morning at five or six to the local, pack all the powders, i.e., put the powder, scoop into the bag, put it into a into a bag, weigh it out. And then he used to go back, and he used to go to a full-time job, and after work at 5, 5, 30, he used to go back to the lock-up and pack all the powders with the, um, the shipping label. Uh, at 6 o'clock or half 6, Danny used to come and pick up the parcels. Mm. So obviously in the early days, it was two, three parcels, five, six, seven, which is fine. But then one day, and he, but then we started to get, the van used to get a bit full. So he said, right, what I'll do is I'll go and drop all these off at the depot, and I'll come back to you, and I'll sort of come up with an empty van. And he had all these, you know, those long wheelbase, um, Bands, not long, I've got a band. So then one day he came and goes, I can't fit them all in. I can't fit them all in. We were literally had an empty van and we couldn't fit them all in. And that was like a wow moment. It was like, mm. I'll, I'll go and I'll phone a friend and he'll come and collect them as well. I thought, you know. So because I, I was so in the thick of it, I didn't yeah. really, I didn't, it was just like a real nice tick in the box moment. And mm. then the second one was more of a money shoot point. But when I, had the ability in 2007, which is three years after signing a, uh, a million pound dividend to myself. That was that was quite an, a real nice moment to have. It's actually have a million pound land in your bank, personal bank yeah. account. Because I didn't take any money out of the business. I didn't. I still drove a, a day room car. I lived in a two up two down house. I was very everything I made I put back into the business, and to be able to take off a, a million pounds at 27 or whatever it was was. It was a it was a nice moment. Definitely, definitely. And um, as you've been writing your book, and you you have just you know recently launched your podcast, um, if you had time to kind of you know reflect um, and, and think, you know, what do you want people to to take away from your story? And, and maybe that's something that will come out more in the book. Yeah, I guess. I guess there's a few. There's, Look, I want people to just if people enjoy it, then great. You know, it's I don't want to. You know, that's that's the that's the that's the overarching point. I think inspiration's got to be got to be there. Yeah. Um, if people feel inspired, you know, that I what I did, then you know they can do it. And just being able to just take that first step, which is one of the hardest steps mm. to to realizing their their goals. It could be anything. It could be a step to be you know direction of what a career or or stepping out and creating your own business. So if it gives anyone that, that would be that would be really, you know, that'd be that'd be what, what I'm doing it for, really. Mm, nice. Um, and what's you know, one or maybe a couple uh, simple steps that you think 
somebody starting out could could execute to to begin their their journey and starting their own business. I know there's probably a million different things, and I always think you know the hardest thing for people is literally doing something to start it. And it's it's, it's you know people just freeze, don't they? And they waste time doing stuff. But um, you you clearly didn't. So any any advice on that front for our listeners? Because it is a very young audience often that listens to this. Yeah, look the. The steps that are take, the simplest, the first step, which you just alluded to, mm. you know, taking that first step towards your North Star is the hardest step. So if you do take that first step, don't let fear or don't let those little thoughts in your, in your mind come out which go, well, you shouldn't do this because of this or what if this happens. Just ignore those thoughts. They're thoughts. And the sooner you realise fear is a liar and those thoughts aren't there, then you can keep stepping forwards. And you know, at that point, you just have complete unrivaled passion and belief in that you are going to achieve what you want to do. Don't let anything come in your way. Um, so that's the key thing for me, taking that first step, continuing mm. to step, ignoring the fear, ignoring the thoughts in your mind that are just fear, and having an absolute belief in yourself to that you will achieve all of your goals because you are going to do it, because it's, you know, you, you've got no doubts within your own ability. Mm. Great, great advice. Really like that. Um, and mentioned mindset a few times and kind of draw draw to a close now are there, are there any um habits uh, rituals routines that you you kind of swear by now that you know give you reinforce that mindset maybe that's the phrase yeah um there's, there's obviously for me they've come organically and that's um but i do think it can be trained so this is what i want to try and get across in the book and podcast that you know, there's, there's certain traits that I've got now that I feel would be useful to, to putting much for this. So I think that the first one is, is is listening to your thoughts and just recognize the are thoughts and fear is a lie, as I just said. That's mm. a real, such an important mindset to have. Um, having a complete belief in yourself is is, is absolutely imperative for me. Um, one of the things I need to improve is patience. I don't have much patience, but... I've actually turned, I feel I've turned that around and used it to my advantage because I'm never happy or, or mm. nothing can ever be quick enough. So I've got no patience. So maybe just if you can moderate that somehow, that's a good skill. Um, the, I guess the final one would be anyone who wants to start, it's less of a mindset. Point, anyone wants to start a business, you know, you've just got to be absolutely 100% committed to putting every working hour of the day every day into the business because it, I don't, for me, you can't work four hours a week and have a successful business. You do really need to put yourself on the line, make a commitment to three or five years to actually give everything of yourself to the business to make it work. And then, look, you can do that and then you can take your foot a little later and bring, bring in staff members and whatnot. But you do need to have that absolute that's a mistake I made Alex to be honest with, with um, one of the businesses after this whole micro team I thought yeah. I could just do you know pop into the office for half a day here a couple of days there and, mm. and it's it just doesn't work you, you've got to be completely committed to it to make it work in my yeah. opinion well look, you can make it you can probably make it a lifestyle business or make it a good business but if you want to make a great business mm. then you have to com- completely and utterly commit yourself to the business yeah, yeah. no brilliant um, and um What's your, your your primary focus on 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 a day to day basis now? People will want to know, you know, what what do you do now? What do you spend most of your time doing when you when you don't get the chance to to make some music or, or sneak out yeah. to the golf course? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I enjoy work. I love work. In fact, it's, it's it's something that keeps me sane, and it's I'll, I'm I'm sure to the day I die, I'll I'll be I'll, I'll be working. I've got no plans to retire, as it were. Well, the so for me on a day to day basis, the book and the podcast are, are absolutely key. Um, I've got a couple of smaller businesses that I that I am uh, more of a hobby business that I run, and then I, I manage various investments. Um, okay. But I've taken the, I'm not investing in any businesses right now. I wanted to clear the decks. Really, I divested, I divested all of my consumer businesses last year. Right. Um, I obviously sit on the the board of the Hook Group as well. So that takes a little bit of time. Nice. And um, obviously you're, you're excited, excited about the podcast, excited about the book, which I'll, I'll point out to people is, is coming out in the spring of 2021, which you can, you can pre-order, I'm assuming, um, at some point in time. Yes. I think I've seen on your website, you can, you can, you can pop your details in to be kept, uh, 
uh, of notice yeah. of when that comes out. Yeah. Um, and what would you say? Like, any fr- frustrations you, you have right now, or like the biggest frustration you got that you're trying to um, trying to conquer? Yeah, I try not to get frustrated because it's not there's nothing positive to come about. But if I was going to say what I what I miss or what I I miss mm. the current first of business, to be honest, I miss that being at the call phase and actually having that interaction with the consumer. Where it's actually with our team members and you know, making growing something and making something. I, I miss that. I do miss that. And maybe one day I'll, I'll get back into that state. Um, and the only thing is, it's not the thousand a day, which I'm sure everyone would agree with. Um, so yeah, I guess they're the two things that are less are less good than the good at the moment. Awesome. Um, well, listen, thank you so much for your time. For those who want to find out more, it's as simple as olivercookson.com, which has information about the podcast and the book. Um, and obviously, to, to listen to uh, the podcast, you just need to go to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, like you're listening to this one now, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, etc. Um, you can find that then. Um, and that's probably the easiest way to to um, to find out more information um, about you, isn't it, Oliver? Yeah, it is. It's, um, I'm not that interested, but what, what, what I do have is on, on the website. So I appreciate the I appreciate the shout out. I like to appreciate that. And thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. Wow, what a story! Uh, I love that. Uh, we chatted for about half an hour before we started and I could have chatted to uh, Oliver for many hours um, but I'm sure he had better things to do with his time. We'd love to meet him in person outside of lockdown um, for sure. A um, lot of common interest there. Love the fact that um, he was making music during lockdown Um his favorite DJ was Sasha. That used to be my favorite DJ. I now uh, listen to more Armin Van Buren as my favorite DJ. A lot more trancey stuff, but um, I still love Sasha. Love Sasha as a DJ. Um, and a whole bunch of things we could talk about um, for sure off listening to that. But above all, it's it's such an amazing, inspirational story um, to have had that much success in, in a relatively short period of time. You know, really is. Um, and interested to hear, you know, how much is down to mindset. And, you know, I do agree. I think mindset comes before anything else. You've won, I don't know, more than half the battle with mindset, whether that's in business. And I can relate that to, you know, running and completing a marathon during lockdown because that was. mental once my body gave up on me after 16 miles. Um, It 100% was. Um, And the first step is the most crucial. And there is a lot in timing. I think we agreed as well. But, you know, this podcast is called Screw It, Just Do It. So if you're listening to this, that just show you that you don't need to spend your entire life planning something for it to be successful. Yes, you should plan. Um, I'm just doing uh, in, in other podcast I co-host called Not Just Crew. I haven't mentioned it much in here actually, but it's for uh, cabin crew. So it's niche again for airline cabin crew run by a friend of mine. And I now co-host that. And, um, you know, in that it's just, that's just one of the things um, that we talk about and one of the things, an episode that I've just recorded as well, uh, which is a one-page business plan, one-page business plan. When I was with Virgin Startup, working with them as a delivery partner, a business um, mentor, I gave everybody a 66-page business plan. You won't believe how many people that turned off and how many people didn't complete the process. It's just too big. You want to get some kind of you know, you want to test, you want to try and make money as quickly as possible with the least amount of resistance. What's the quickest way you can make some money from uh, your venture? So for me, a one-page business plan is a great way to do it. And again, get start now, get perfect later, screw it, just do it. Um, and again, I wholeheartedly subscribe to this. What Oliver said, the best investment is in the is in body and in health. 
And that's something that's been really reinforced. If you listen to my Saturday solo episode last Saturday, when I talked about completing phase one of 75 hard, having done 75 hard twice now and having failed twice at doing phase one, um, you know, starting running a year ago, starting yoga a year ago, been doing mindfulness practice for the last couple of years as well. Um, honestly, for me to be successful, I have to have my body working in sync, in sync with my mind. That's when I'm my most, that's when I'm at my most successful in business and in life. They've got to be working in harmony. Um, and that, that all stems from positive mindset. If you're positive glass half full, um, kind of person and you're super focused, you have great clarity and vision, you work hard, then so much can be achieved, especially when your mind is in harmony with your body, when you're looking after your body and your health. So thank you again for listening. Um, those of you who want to find out more about my inner circle, my podpreneur mentorship, then go to podpreneur.co.uk where that's got full information uh, for those of you who want to uh, meet up with me online twice a month, find out what's working in my podcast business and with the client's podcast that I work with, all of that knowledge that I take and share with you who are launching and growing your podcast. If you're serious about growing your podcast to a community, a tribe of people, um, then please come and join us. If you found value in this free podcast, all I ask is that you tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the screw it, just do it hashtag. But if you do, I promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks. I'm at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook, plus at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. Alongside the Screw It Just Do It Facebook page, this houses the Screw It Just Do It community and has the most up-to-date information on all things Screw It Just Do It, including all of our live events. I love hearing from you. If you either message me on LinkedIn or email alex at screwitjustdoit.org, I promise to reply. Just give me a little time. <laughs>